0: Again, I appreciate the high schoolers and the middle schoolers for helping be a part of the Fountainhead kids. And I appreciate all you elementary uh, kids and pre-elementary kids as well for being a part of that small thing. You know, while we think it may be small and and maybe, maybe some may think it's a little bit silly, it is a great blessing. And what a powerful thing to be able to constantly talk to our children about the Word of God and, and let them get familiar with these things and and stories, you know? Uh, the Tower of Babel and God's promise to Abraham. What a, a blessing that is And talking about Joseph. How encouraging is the story of Joseph to y'all, brethren? I mean, I love that story, don't you? It's a story I could think about a lot and apply to my life and think man I could do a whole lot better uh and I ain't faced with half the stuff that he was faced with and and here he is persevering through tough times and showing us an example of what real faith is and and that's the thing that uh, is encouraging to me is you guys taking your children home and, and guiding them in the way of the Lord and and here as well in Bible class and Derek does a great job with the youth. It's just a great time to be here at Fountainhead. Invite somebody. Try and get somebody else here. Hey, if somebody doesn't want to come, invite somebody else. Let's continue to do what we're called to do and that is go into the world and preach the gospel and encourage people to be a part of the body of Christ. Tonight I want to continue the series on the cross and I'm excited about this series. Uh, last week was a really uh, good lesson for me personally. It, it put me at the cross. I, I felt the emotion of just being, uh, thinking about the thoughts of those who were there, being there, seeing the scene and what was happening And, you know, the message of the cross is something that we never should forget. And tonight, I want to talk about the blood of his cross. And it comes from Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. I want to kind of kick off the lesson from there. But one of the most wonderful statements in all the Bible concerning the unique character of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is found right here in these uh, scriptures. And, And what you see is that the blood of the cross has brought peace to man and God. Let's read this, verse 19 and 20. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. But what does the blood of his cross mean? The emphasis, and think about this, it shouldn't be put on the cross, the literal tree, as much as on the fact that it was his cross cross. You remember, Jesus says to us, if we want to follow him, what does he say? You must first deny yourself, and then you must do something as well. Pick up your cross and follow him. What was Jesus' cross that he was to bear? It was to live a perfect life. It was to come to this earth and live a perfect life so that we might have hope. Man, I appreciate him, don't you? Man, I appreciate what he did for me and the way that he took his cross and carried it. But when we think about that, when we think about the cross that he carried, he carried it with all his holiness. He carried it with all his divine dignity. He carried it with all his glory. He carried it with all his honor. And it was all sacrificed that day on Golgotha. The life was in the blood. The pouring out of his soul for us, he gave it for us. He gave himself everything for us. That's easy to say, and it's easy to think about simply, really quickly, but it's really hard to grasp if you really think about it, if you wrestle with it in your mind, but the father didn't wrestle with it. He appreciated the value of the heart of Jesus to do his will. Have you ever thought about that? You know, I think about it and I appreciate how much Jesus did for me, and, and, I, and I want to always think about it in a very respectful way, but I don't know if I appreciate it as much as God the Father appreciated it. How about you? God the Father valued that blood, God the Father valued that heart. So the blood of the cross stands for all that Christ himself is before God on our behalf. And think about what God the Father does for that. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 9, he says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, and he's given the name which is above every name. It's not that we value it. And it makes it worthwhile because really what we value and how much we put value into it, it really doesn't matter, does it? I could say that it's really valuable, I could say that it's worth something, but that really doesn't carry any weight. But whether we think it's a big deal or whether we don't, the Father knows it does. And to him, it was great worth. Why are you saying that, Matt? Look at verse 19. It says, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. The Father knew it was a big deal. The Father knew that it was worth value. Because it was about to become the perfect sacrifice. See, what has the blood of the cross Secured. Think about this. What has the blood of the cross, of his cross, secured? It's established the way that the Lord can justify the ungodly. Let me say that again. It establishes the way that the Lord can justify the ungodly. It opens the door for God's mercy. It opens the door for God's mercy to flow out into the ends of the earth. Oh, it was a value to the Father. You remember it says it pleased him to crush him. Could you imagine? The only begotten Son. It pleased him. Why? Because of what we've received from it. It has established this way for us to be found right in his eyes. Through the blood of his cross, there is propitiation. Think about that. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole wide world. What is the propitiation? Matt is the satisfying sacrifice. It was the sacrifice that was of the most value. You remember when they would bring those sacrifices to the altar in the Old Testament, they would have to bring those lambs and those goats. And how would they have to bring them? They would have to bring them without spot or without blemish. And you remember in Malachi, and we've talked about this before, Malachi uh, was upset With the people, and God was very upset because what were they doing? They were just throwing these half hearted animals, these blind and injured animals up on the altar. No, Jesus, because of what he did, secured something. He became the satisfying sacrifice which changed everything. Think about Romans chapter 3, verse 25. It says, Whom God set forth. As a propitiation, a satisfying sacrifice, how did he do it? By his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. Because his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Oh, the blood of the cross, the blood of Jesus' cross was something that was very special. Because now what do we see? That because of what he did, God We'll pass over the sins that were previously committed. Have you ever done something that you weren't supposed to do? Have you ever said something just outright disrespectful to somebody? Have you ever just told a lie? Have you ever been disrespectful to your parents and snuck behind their back? I would say that we all have done some sort of sin, Right? What does this cross do for us? It allows the ability for God to pass over those sins. Because they're wiped out. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing. Did it please the Father? Absolutely. Did it hurt the Father? I would say so. But he knew it needed to be done and Jesus knew it. The Son knew it as well. Father, if you can let this cup pass from me, let it pass, but not your will be done. Not my will, your will, right? Jesus has provided a suitable covering for every human. The blood of Christ is long enough, it's broad enough to cover the sins of the whole wide world. That's a pretty big deal. You know, I I thought about this. I tried to just think about, I mean, there is a lot of people in the world, isn't there? I mean, when I'm driving on the interstate, I just, I'm I'm doing better now. But, I mean, I've struggled with that, and I still struggle a little bit. But if you just think about all the people on the road in Nashville. Now, think about New York. Now think about Atlanta and Dallas and there is a lot of, and then think about India. Abraham, you remember, who uh, was here a while ago, he is in India now. He sent me a picture of people, just people everywhere. Jesus' blood is long enough, it's wide enough to cover all of that. That's valuable, isn't it? That's a value right there. No wonder uh, the lady sat down and, and, was, and was wiping Jesus' feet. No wonder how valuable he was. How valuable he is, amen? No man can make a covering that'll work. It's not strong enough. As a matter of fact, this covering completely eliminates sin. Never to be seen again. What else has this blood secured? It's secured redemption. The blood of Christ is a ransom price paid for the sinner. Now think about this in 1 Peter, and we've talked about this before, and you know this very well. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, the Bible says this, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Now you weren't redeemed by some corruptible things, you were redeemed With precious blood. The precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It just blows my mind that Jesus had to live a perfect life. Can you imagine the concentration that it takes for that? I mean, can you imagine how focused you have to be to not sin? Hey, do something. Hey, grownups, here's your homework for tomorrow. Count how many times you sin. Hey, and if you don't sin tomorrow, count them the next day. Go ahead and add up your sins for the week and see how good you've done. I'm going to blow it probably when I walk out the door. (laughs) Jesus was so meticulous. Jesus was so serious about it. Oh, I appreciate his blood. Don't you, brethren? Because when he presented it to the Father, it was without blemish. There was nothing wrong with it. Oh, that's incredible. That is an incredible thought. No wonder Paul says this. Jesus, who gave himself for us. Why? That he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself His own special people, zealous for good works. Why did it please the Father for this to happen? Because he knew what was going to come from it, me and you. Huh? Me and you come from that. We get to be found right in God's eyes. You remember we talked about it this morning, walking in victory, are we holding our heads high? Are we excited to be a child of God? Or is it just, an, I mean, it's almost over. I wish he'd kind of hurry that lesson up, right? I checked my box for the morning. I've checked my box for the night, and I'm good till Wednesday. Is it a burden? Or is it something that we have excitement for? Are we longing for the day You know, I love Wednesdays. Isn't it the time to charge your battery up? I used to be so upset when I'd sit right there on that pew and I'd have to go to work. Look, boss, here's what I want to do. I know I can pick any days off that I want, but I'm gonna pick Sunday and Wednesday off. I'm not patting myself on the back, it don't matter about me. But I wanna be with y'all, brethren. Not just because I'm the preacher. I wanted to be with you before that. (laughs) I need you. All of that was made possible because of this guy taking the time to make sure that he didn't sin. Now, how in the world do we walk? Do we walk so nonchalant in our lives that as soon as we walk out here, we just can't help it? We immediately find ourselves in some type of gossip, in some type of something. Or can we walk out of here and say, you know what, I am so glad I'm a Christian. I'm so glad that I'm a child of God and I got to be with the brethren today. I always think about those people in China that have to look uh, in this little bitty light just to be around each other in case they're going to get in trouble for talking about Jesus. Man, how spoiled are we, brethren? You remember what 1 Corinthians 6 19 and 20 talks about when he's talking about fleeing sexual immorality? He says, You're not your own. Well, why not? Because you've been bought at a price. Now, think about this one Jesus shed his blood not to pay the debt of sin, but to put it completely away. <laughs> He didn't just pay it so then it could come back. No, he came one time to do away with it and redeem the sinner out of all iniquity. Thank you, Jesus. What else did he secure? He secured forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 tells us that in him we have redemption through his blood The forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. He didn't have to do it, but he did it because he loved us, and he bestowed grace upon us. Think about Acts chapter 13, Paul preaching, and he says, Therefore, let it be known to you that through this man is preached to you forgiveness of sins. Through Jesus and his blood, forgiveness is possible. Jesus came to this earth for the purpose of taking away our sins. Because of the blood of the cross, we have assurance that the Lord will forgive us, don't we? I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. If I'm a Christian and I ask for forgiveness, if I repent of a sin... I don't have to worry if he's going to forgive me, do I? No, it's forgiven. I still love the thought of when I talked to Nicole in the back and I asked her to forgive me and she said, for what? She'd already forgot, right? How awesome is that? He forgives it. Because of the blood of the cross, we have assurance that the Lord will not forgive us according to anything that we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. God keeps his word, doesn't he? He is a covenant keeper. How many times do we see it in the Bible? that what he says happens over and over and over, don't we? He says, I'm going to do this, and then it happens. He says, I'm going to do this, and it happens. He secures forgiveness for us. And finally, he secures liberty. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 17 Through 20. Another Hebrews class is like, oh man, we've been on this for a while. Yeah, we we about to go back to it, brethren. I I appreciate y'all just hanging with me. (laughs) This is good stuff, though. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. Now, watch the Bible. Then he adds, Their sins, their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We now, because of the blood of Jesus, Are able to enter the holiest place through the veil. Now, if you understand the history, if you understand the history of the Old Testament and why that is such a big deal, all the blessings that come from that, one man could go into the holiest of holies and he went behind a veil, and that's where God was at once a year. He would go in and he would make atonement. He would make a covering that would last for one year for the people. Only the high priest could do that. Nobody else had the ability to do that. You think a Gentile could get close to the holiest of holies and say, excuse me for a minute, I'm going to walk up in here real quick. I need to drop some blood on the altar real quick. Excuse me, Caiaphas, I'm going to step over here to the... It's not happening. A Gentile couldn't even get close at all. He had to stay on the outer part of the temple. So what's the big deal about that? Because of what Jesus did, because of what he did on that cross, that veil was cut. The door was open. And now with boldness... We can step into the holiest of holies and say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I appreciate you. I need you to be with me tonight. I'm struggling with this issue. Lord, I need you to forgive me of this sin that I've committed. I have been an embarrassment to you. I have been living a life that is just straight shameful, and I'm sick of it. Will you forgive me of my sins? It's like it wasn't even there. It wasn't just covered for a year. It was gone. It's completely wiped out. So think about this, verse 22. I want to look at these three things and then the lesson will be yours. Understanding that, let us do something. Let us draw near with a true heart and with full assurance. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Will we do that tonight? Because of what we understand Jesus did for us, will we draw near to the Lord with a true heart and be honest about some things? Will we be honest with ourselves that we don't have perfection inside of us? Can we just be honest for a minute and say, Lord, I I got some things I need to work on. You know, it's real easy to say everything's good, ain't it? It's real easy to say that one. But what really makes you strong, what really makes you change, what really makes you be the person that God wants you to be is when you say, I got some things that I need to work on. And it's time to do it right now. I'm not messing around anymore. I'm going to go ask for forgiveness for the way I've treated you. I'm gonna go ask for forgiveness. I'm gonna do those things that I need to do because you know what? Living for you is way better than anything else. The second thing, verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. It's kind of like what we talked about this morning. Are we confident in our Christianity? Are we confident in who we follow? If we are confident in who we follow, we have assurance of our faith. We believe who Jesus is, and we believe that what he did was true, and we believe this one. Hey, believe this one, brethren. Jesus Christ is coming back one day. (laughs) Did you forget? Did you forget about it? He could come right now. Are we ready? There's been people who have passed in just a few short hours ago. What a sad situation for people to lose their life. Brethren, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised another minute. Are we ready? Are we fully assured of what we're doing is right Are we fully assured that the way that we're living is correct? Or do we need to repent? Do we need to change? Let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith. And let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Because we know that what God has promised is going to happen. And the last thing. Let us consider one another. In order to stir up love and good works, stir the pot this week, will you? Will you stir the pot? Not with a bunch of mess, with a bunch of love. (laughs) Huh? You know the recipe for that one? Forgive. Be gentle. A little bit of meekness sprinkled in there. Huh? A whole lot of hugs. A whole lot of texts, a whole lot of calls, a whole lot of support. That's the recipe. And stir it up. How thankful are we to know that the Lord thought enough of us to give himself for us. I want to close with this thought. This verse, maybe. Yep, there it is. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5, an old prophecy about the king. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And brethren, here it is: and by his stripes, we are healed. How appreciative are you for that? We'll know it by the way, you act. We'll know it by the way we think, amen? Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. I appreciate you, brethren. I love you. Have a great week. Be strong. Be bold. Be courageous. You're a child of the king, man. If you need prayers, you can come. We'll pray with you. If you're here today and you need to render obedience to the gospel and become his child, don't wait. It could be everlastingly too late in just a few moments. Right now, while you got the chance repent and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on his name if you need to obey the gospel come right now together we stand and sing